The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 188th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? Dude, uh, the last couple days, I don't think I can say I've had a better couple days (laughs) as far as just um i went to the doctor got you know been taking doing health wellness got a super clean bill of health that's been awesome uh then uh then today uh we'll talk about it in the uh (laughs) news of the week we got some exciting news and yeah dude i am just like i'm a kind of kind of just kind of like i was deflated after WrestleMania, yeah. right? I just deflated. Just like I don't want to watch anything. I don't want to do anything. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with everybody. I was, I was way sadder than you should allow wrestling to make you get. <laughs> so let me just say that. And then it's just like these last few days. I feel like I'm back to being Floyd. I'm back to being happy. Still don't trust the WWE, but I'm back to being happy. <laughs> I'm back to being happy, and uh, so yeah. So oh, come uh, on, Cody brought up the rubber chicken in his promo on Raw. Obviously, everything's in the right direction. Like, let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> I had some people coming up to coming to me like, "Oh man, that promo gave me hope," and I'm like, "Can that promo make it go back it's in been time?" Two and, weeks. I was like, "Can that promo make the uh, the world rewind and we get that moment that we were supposed to have?" Oh no! So yeah, it didn't make me feel better. I I mean. It was a great promo. He's great at promo. He's great at talking. He's great at being vulnerable and strong at the same time. He's great at getting you hyped up. That man is one of the few people that actually talk you into the building. He will, you weren't planning to go, you're going now. He can talk you into the building. Don't get me wrong. But dude, I got, I got kicked in the balls, like hard, not protected by, like somebody hugged. I feel like, I think it was uh, the Wrestle... I can't tell you which WrestleMania. I'm not good with numbers. Where it was like Eve Torres like hugged Zack Ryder, then backed up and kicked him in the nuts. Oh, 29. Yeah, 29. I that was 29. Yeah, that's what happened to me. And WWE was Eve Torres, and I was Zack Ryder in that case. So, 
yes, my nuts still hurt. Okay, I ain't over it. I ain't over it. And to all of you that have moved on and you like got your tickets to uh, SummerSlam and uh, pumped up about it, man, you are you are resilient. You you got that bounce back ability. But no, no, no. When I feel that hard, which I rarely feel that hard about wrestling. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like I did when the Chiefs lost to the Super Bowl. Like, I wasn't right or ready for football until, like, right before the season started the next year. I probably won't be right or ready for wrestling until, like, I'll be watching Backlash and be halfway through it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can watch it again. You know, like, also, I will say real quick, I actually was one number off. It was 28. So I was one number off. Dude, that it, was where we had Team Johnny versus Team Teddy. Dude, I'm just going to say, it was just like, it was that moment for me, and it was just, you know, if if it was a picture, I just, like, if WWE only knew, they would have had a picture up on my face right there. They would have had the camera <laughs> on my face. Because they wasn't Surrender Cobra. It was, like, everything went out of me. Like, you wouldn't even, like, you see me, and I'm always smiling and happy and energetic, and I have big expressions. There was nothing. There was nothing there in that moment. I was... I wasn't there at that moment. I was having an out-of-body experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we're past that, and I'm glad to hear that you're doing well because I know it wasn't a good time for you, but I'm glad to hear that things are on the better side of things for you. Um, I'm doing well myself. Um, I finally got the Tigers to actually win a game after losing six straight. God, this team is awful. Javi Baez, you can't even figure out how to run the bases properly, let alone hit a ball and you're so excited that you got an extra base, your first extra base hit of the season, that you want that ball back. Bro, you're a professional hitter. Act like you've been here before. Please, I'm just so... I'm, I'm, I need the Lions to come back so I can be more happy about my, my Detroit teams because it's just been so long. It's been so long. But it's fine. We'll move past that for right now. Because um, we got a lot to get into to with AEW recently not just with the dynamite that just aired in milwaukee just a couple days ago but also the news is buzzing and we got to get to it and we got to get to it because you know why uh but before we get into everything we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on google or apple podcasts if you listen to us on spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us uh please give us a share with your friends family co-workers whoever you wish it really means the world to us and also leave a rating and a review because it helps the show out and also helps us get better as well if you're so inclined, you can also follow us on Twitter at ATLEPod, at Social Suplex, are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And getting into the news of the week, it's CM Punk. Because of course it is. And so it's been continuously the story. Is he going to come back? He's still signed to AEW. Tony Khan has not bought him out of his contract like everyone, including myself, was expecting. He's still on the books. Everyone was wondering, everyone, is he going to come back? Everyone, sir? Everyone? There was one person that said he was 100% coming back from the very beginning. Yes, and again, I don't count you because you're a, psych- <laughs> you're a psychopath. Uh, we're gonna Let me get through my spiel. <laughs> but... Even in the bits recently where, you know, they covered up Punk's face on the TV trucks during an Elite segment at the beginning of Dynamite, where we were like, oh, maybe this is a little bit of an inclination. Then Punk would scream on Instagram and we're like, well, this ain't happening anymore. Fucking hell. Um, 
we are getting reports from multiple sources. Fightful, I know, I know the entire Fightful story because Floyd literally took the time to DM me the entire article. Um, so it leads off with CM Punk has expressed his willingness to return to AEW, which we've known for quite some time. But it says that it seems like the pieces are being put into place for it to happen. Um, nothing is set in stone, of course, and things can change. But they had been getting hints after April 12th's report that Punk wanted to come back that the wheels were already in motion shortly after the announcement of Chicago hosting AEW Dynamite, the, the go-home show for Forbidden Door 2 at the Wintrust Arena that the June 21st episode of Dynamite would be interesting and a date to look out for. And what they've learned since then is that as of April 13th, the working plan was for him to return at that show or at the very least around it, as well as pitches uh, announcing it ahead of time as well. Um, and they are Punk is hoping to be working with Kenny and the Young Bucks. No contact between the two sides has been heard of yet. Um, and the elite were, were quote unquote, not keen on the possibility of working with him. And he also said that there was points where it said that um, there was also a planned meeting where Punk and Chris Jericho would get into a ring. I mean, get into a room to be able to hash things out after the things that Punk has said on Instagram and the things that have been said and how they've had issues in the past. Um, and yeah, that uh, people are now like, I mean, Floyd is, like I said, we've said that Floyd has been saying this from Jump Street that he was coming back. But now, I mean, like the fact that people are looking at that date, I'm just letting you know right now that that Wintrust Arena AEW Dynamite that is the go-home show, the June 21st episode of, that will be the go-home show for Forbidden Door 2. That that shit goes on sale next week, so y'all better fucking uh, be ready. Hotel reserved, flight booked. Yep, there done. it is. Down to done. This is this is this is first dance for me, uh, for me all over again. I like literally. I heard it, and and this is what I and people like. Well, they didn't say he was coming. I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, I'm not gonna fight you. I'm like. Go, go for it. Every major new, major news publication, Wrestling Observer, FIFA, all of them are saying this is where he's coming back, right? Yeah. Of course, cards subject to change. Of course, cards come to change. They could have a falling out. Chris Jericho and him could try to actually beat up each other. There's a lot of shit that could go on. Don't get me wrong. So there's not a 100% guarantee that he will be in the building that day. But... I know me. My, I'm going to be there. And if he's not there, it's great. I'll go have some White Castle, have some dinner with my friend Tyler for his birthday because this is his birthday. You know, see my friends that I haven't seen in a while and we'll be like, oh, okay, cool. But if it does happen, whoo, if it does happen, I'm like, there. Hey, Floyd. Hey, hey. How many think? How many think people you think that live outside of Chicago? The actual like, I think it was what Venn diagram of people that can say they were at both shows. Not quite that many that don't live in Chicago. Like, I'm gonna say I'm there for it, and I'm gonna be wearing the shirt that that I got at the end of First Dance. It's gonna be incredibly large on me, thank God. But I'm gonna be rocking that shirt. And I am going to be excited, and I'm going to hopefully, you know, Austin can figure out a way off or whatever, and I'm going to be there with him just like I was last time, and we're going to get a picture, we're going to hug, and it's going to be amazing. 
because I mean, this is what wrestling is. It, it's like as much as I have hurt from wrestling and from different things, this passion, this, this excitement, this group of people, I, I've heard, I've seen the people and then they say, oh, I don't want CM Punk coming back, blah, 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 and they're shaking their hands and, then they're, blah, 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 and they're shaking their fists like old men. That They don't want CM Punk coming back. Okay, so I, Floyd Johnson, this is only me speaking, don't care what you want at all. At all. <laughs> You're not paying for my plane ticket. You're not paying my ticket to the show. You don't pay my fucking cable bill. So I do not care what you want. I will be there. And I imagine about 10,000 of people that are similar thinking will be there too. And when he does sell out yet another Chicago arena, yet on another just rumor of him showing up, I will say, please sit your ass down because Twitter ain't real. Yeah, so then the funny part is now Floyd is like he said he's in the exact same point in feeling and mindset that he was back leading up to August twentieth, two thousand twenty-one, where Punk made his seven-year return uh, to wrestling at the uh, at the United United Center. And um, me, I've said before, leading up to that entire moment, I just didn't want to believe it because I didn't want to get hurt again. And that's exactly where I am again right now. I don't want to get hurt again. And like, I'm like, so now it's like, you know, okay, well, tickets go on sale next week. Let me look at my schedule. Let me see what I can get off, what I can get off. And like, you know, it's thankfully during the summer, which is not a crazy busy time for sports. So it's very much still possible and in the realm of possibility that I can make that happen. Um, I've driven to Chicago many times. I'm, I'm fucking hell at the point at this point i'm used to the drive because of the amount of times that i've gone to chicago for wrestling um and uh and then at the same time it's like well if he shows up the go home show does that mean he shows up at forbidden door i mean i live in michigan toronto is literally four hours away it's the same length of time basically from my house to chicago and then my house to toronto it's the same distance um just one of them i need to show my id and passport and all that kind of stuff so I'm just like, oh, my God, am I going to do this, too? And tickets already for that are sold out. Like, I mean, pretty much sold out. So then I'm like, OK, well, I got to start seeing if people can't go and they end up having to sell their tickets or then, God forbid, go on resale. Uh, I'm just like, oh, my God, this dude's going to do this to me again. I'm just going to fucking because that's the thing. I'm already grateful enough that I was there at the first dance. If I'm there after all the shit that's gone down and all all the drama and all of the absolute mess that we've gone through since he has spoken at that press conference after All Out, disappeared completely, and then caused the elite to disappear as well because of the situation. If I'm there when he's back again, here's the problem though. If I'm there when he's back again, like I'm going to be looking at people who are pissed off and I'm just going to be screaming in their face. Oh, God, it's going to be bad. But this seems way more like, you know, at this point, you know, I have a lot more confidence, at least in this, because, again, if he wasn't going to come back, they'd fire him. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing I've said constantly, is that if he wasn't going to be back, they'd just straight up fire him. And with that being the case, you know, yes, I do think that he'll come back. Will it be at that Chicago show? 
signs point to yes, and everything is saying that as well. I'm just curious, at least, what they do for him, like, match-wise, like, when he'll get back in the ring. Because, like, again, we're talking about Punk at his current age after suffering two major injuries. I just want to make sure that he's capable, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he is, but I just, I need to see it, you know what I mean? But. I mean, my thing is this. I'm going through this shit again, dude. It's like fucking hell. The one person that needs to realize Punk's age is Punk. Yes, that's the person that needs to accept Punk's age, and I think there's a style up there, a style out there that includes like his greatest hits and stuff, and just working, you know, somewhat of a, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, safer style, a, a more age friendly style, right? Get your highlights in or whatever. And I do think when I was talking about booking and all that stuff, I think a CM Punk singles match should be a special occasion pay-per-view type thing right big big event thing i think he should maybe wrestle four or five singles matches a year other times i am protecting him i am putting him in a, in uh triple threat matches where you know with hold me not triple threat matches um trios matches with dax and cash doing most of the work me maybe he getting a hot tag maybe him just working the heat and he you know bumps very little right and then he saves it to these big moments maybe the match with Kenny Omega maybe the match with uh maybe a match with Chris Jericho or whoever he's gonna work with I'm just fantasy booking just throwing names out there I don't know what he will end up doing I don't know who wants to work with him you know why because I don't care I am a mm-hmm. fan this is a fan podcast I am. I have been clear on that. I have never requested media credentials. Have I, Austin? No. I have never written an article. I don't even ask people to interview. Why? Because this is fans talking about what they want to see. Two fans. That's what we are. And I want to see CMFTR versus the lead. Well, 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 you know what? They don't get along, and uh, uh, he was mean, and blah, blah, and he threw him under the bus. Cool, use it. Because I don't care. I'm a fan. It does not matter to me. They like each other. They hate each other. They go to stake after. I'm going to watch a fucking show. I want to see six men that I enjoy wrestle wrestle against each other. How... Like, how is people go to the complicated in this? I know. I know we're hardcore. We are fans. We care about the other stuff. I do. But in the simple, I want to pay my money. I want to go to a show. Or I want to pay my money and I want to watch on pay-per-view. And I want to watch talented men wrestle. I want to watch my favorite tag team, Dax and Cash, against currently probably my second favorite tag team, the Young Bucks. I can't say there's a tag team out there that I like more other than FTR. I always used to say they were 1-1-A one one before, right? And then you're going to take one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, CM Punk. Attitude, everything, I think he does it well. Versus probably the best wrestler I've ever seen, Kenny Omega. Is Kenny Omega my favorite wrestler? No, he's probably not even in my top 10. But you know what I can't deny? I can't deny talent. I never liked Kobe Bryant. But Kobe Bryant was elite at basketball. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I, it's like I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Like, I, I can honestly say, as much as Kenny Omega's not my favorite, I've literally never seen a wrestling match of his I didn't like. 
Not mm-hmm. one. Not one. <laughs> so I want to see them wrestle each other. I want to see them work it out. You know what? I am an adult. I work with people I don't like. <laughs> yeah. I I will say too, because again, like moving off of just like, you know, actually trying to make this happen where I can be there in person for it, which if it happens, amazing. If it doesn't, honestly, at this point, because if he, if like getting him back on my television screen, I've set it up and down. Like that year he came back, like from the first dance to all out before the press conference, it was the best year of wrestling of my life. Like I never had been more happy. I never been more of a fan, like just enjoying everything like i didn't have to critique a lot i just got to just sit back and enjoy something that i love so much not having to work about you know the nitty gritties of like well what does this mean storyline wise or what does this mean you know like like what, what was the technicalities of the matches like was that like one of the best matches i've seen this year like let me rank it and all that kind of stuff like no i just fucking shut my fucking brain off and was watching my favorite wrestler and again i got to see him in person wrestle which i hadn't been able to say since i became a wrestling fan so i want this so bad i just want it so bad and like i'm done with the drama i'm done with the fucking just tribalism over the whole thing wrestling is better when cm punk is in it if you don't like CM Punk, it really is I that understand. simple, isn't it? Right? That's, it's that simple. It's that simple. Wrestling is better when CM Punk is in it. If you don't like CM Punk, go ahead and not like him. Hate him if you want. Hell yes. I have never, ever, ever said that that should be that you should completely disregard everything that Punk has said or done in the past, or you should just absolve him of everything. No. Like it's just it's stupid to think to think like that, but this man has given me more memories and moments and happy just times of my life in wrestling that I can never ever forget. And he inspires me. He's fucking sick, and he's good at what he does, and he knows it. That's the thing. He knows it, and. I just I can't deny it. And again, I think he comes back, teams with FTR, faces the elite, and I want I want Heel Punk to just rip this company a new asshole with uh. just being him just absolutely because people are already just lining up wanting to hate him. Yeah. So let him do it. Yeah. Punk and Punk Punk has always been a better heel than a baby face yeah. regardless. I said it I said it when he came back. Punk is not the hero this company needs. Punk is the villain this company needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like FTR, I I I love the love that they're getting. I love that people are buying their shirts, showing up to their meet and greets. I loved live with F, uh, live with FTR and Dax and all the people there giving them the flyers, showing them love. All the tequila bottles that got bought for them, <laughs> I love that for them. This FTR is not my FTR. <laughs> it's not the team I fell in love with. 
the team I fell in love with would wrap up your legs and jump on your knee and broke break your leg and then take advantage of it. They 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 pull tights. They do all those things. They were the brain busters, right? This FTR now is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I love them. I love the way they wrestle. I love the way they work. They're. I mean, like I said, I, I look at them and the Young Bucks, and I even say uh, the Young Bucks are rock and are rock and roll, like hard rock. They are Kansas, and then the uh, FTR is Garth Brooks. You know what I mean? They're both excellent. I can listen to both of them all day, but they're a completely different style of doing things. You know what I mean? And right. it's like, so I, I love that about them. So, but when FTR is the best and when I love them the most is when they're being dicks and beating people up. <laughs> and that's, that's mine. That's my FTR. But I have enjoyed this ride that we've been on. But to make this work, if, if it's going to work, if they're going to do it, I don't know. I have no clue. They're going to do it. FTR is going to have to give up a little something, something. And it's, probably that fan love that they got they're gonna have to because they're gonna have to make people hate them not dislike them not dislike them or oh they're good wrestlers they're good heels no they're gonna have to make people hate them for this to work Mm -hmm. and i mean that's the only way it's gonna work is if you literally want all you want in life is for the young bucks to kick the shit out of ftr Considering we're an AEW fan podcast, do you realize how toxic both of us are going to be if that happens? Where we get a heel CMFTR against a baby face, the elite. Oh, yeah. And no, we're just going to, no, it's yeah. it's literally going to be like if we ran an NWO podcast. Like oh, back yeah, in WCW's yeah. heyday. Dude, I'm just going to literally put uh, in my profile, I'm just going to put hashtag heel. So just know when I get on your profile and tell you you're stupid for liking who you like, I don't actually mean it. That's <laughs> just. <laughs> I'm gonna ride for my boys. That's how I do it. No, but uh, I, you know what? It's, it's, uh, it's like so much to me. Like it means something to me because you have this for me all time. Like what could be this all time wrestling rivalry between FTR and the Young Bucks? Right? Like what FTR did with the Briscoes? I truly believe they could do with the Young Bucks over a course of a year. And maybe even maybe even eclipse or surpass what they did with the Briscoes. I think they could kill it, right? And uh-huh. then you take in one of my favorite singles wrestlers of all time, CM Punk, and you take in one of the most amazing wrestlers of all time, Kenny Omega, and like and they be like, oh, Kenny Omega can have an amazing match with a trash can, with a doll, with a nine year old girl. So you saying he can't have a, a amazing match with a 46 year old? I, I, I don't remember how old Punk is, so I don't want to throw out the number. With a aging CM Punk, yeah, he can have an amazing match with. He's yes, 44. 44. He can work with the aging CM Punk. He can do that. So I don't know. All I know is it gets my blood pumping. It gets my wallet pumping. It it literally gets me to the point where I want to say, I'm not doing anything else. Like, oh, you want to go? Hey, you want to go to this? You want to go? No, my money is fully reserved for AEW and AEW stuff for the rest of the year because I want to see these dudes work together as much as possible. Now, if I, you know, if Wembley is the place that this eventually happens, right? You know, mm-hmm. what that would mean to me would be like the ultimate thing. Well, when they announced Wembley, my first thought 
was Bret Hart and Davey Boy Smith. I like, even as a young kid that didn't pay attention, English crowds have just been different. UK crowds have just been different to me. It's like when you're in front of a UK crowd, they are rowdy, they are singing, they are as into wrestling as I've ever seen any place in. It's just elite. Now, put 50,000, 40,000, 50,000, whatever AEW is able to sell in that arena for the first time in front of fans, and you put a hot heel group of CMFTR versus an on-fire babyface group of the elite, I mean, shit, this is like the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's going to be on fire, right? Yeah. And you carry on my way with some plays, and you get that music hits, and they go out there and pump, and everybody in the crowd singing, singing along to that. Oh, my God. And then all you hear is, look in my eyes. And they're just singing along, and you see all these UK people going crazy. That's 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 my wrestling. That's wrestling to me. That's, yeah, that's no. wrestling. That's what I want. <laughs> I want know? it so bad, dude. Yeah. I want it so bad. But yeah, we'll just we'll, we're we're gonna have to wait and see on um, what the shit is and it, and when this ends up taking place. But I mean, like, look, it's happening. I mean, and I'm just I gotta get back into my my. I got to get back into my feelings a little bit and like mentally prepare myself for this to happen. Really try to like look deep down in my soul. Like you're going to want to be back there to see this happen. So you might as well try to make it happen. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep into, we'll keep it posted on this whole development, all that kind of stuff. Side note, I will also say um, we got to give a shout out to um, AJ Mendez, AJ Lee. She's going to be starring in a new comedy actually called Sacramento alongside Kristen Stewart and uh, Michael Sarah, which is fucking sick. So we're actually going to get her in an acting role. So she just recently wrote uh, the screenplay for Blades of the 47 Ronin, which is on uh, Netflix. I watched now she's it. Gonna be, it was pretty. Yeah. It was a fun movie. It's a cool, fun little movie. Um, and now she's going to be on screen uh, in, a, in, a, in a comedy that features some some pretty prominent actors. She's moving up. She's doing some cool shit. So shout out AJ Lee. There's nothing bad you could possibly say about AJ Mendez, AJ Lee. So show her support. If you hate CM Punk, at least show AJ some love, please. Yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah. I, I'm like I didn't. That's all I'll say. I'm not going down this path again. I'm just like it. I will just say this. It doesn't matter if you like people. You know, I don't like care. them. Like, yeah, like it doesn't. <laughs> It's like, like that's not. I've, I've never, I've never tried to convince people to like him. I'm just saying yeah. wrestling's better with him than it is without him. And I very, very, very much want, I very much want CM Punk back in my wrestling, back in my favorite wrestling company. <laughs> it's that's so, all I want. I'm in a wrestling Facebook group. I'm to remain nameless. Which one? They fucking hate Dex in that wrestling group, and it's hilarious to me. I am, oh gosh, they, I am so amused by how much they hate this man. It's just like. I mean, seriously, you would have thought that dude came over because saw their bowl of Cheerios and pissed right in them. And like, man, you got to <laughs> eat it anyway. I'm like, I'm like, you would think, man, these dudes got a personal problem with each other. But no, it's it's I got to say it cracks me up because it's like I, I listen to his show. You know me. I'm one of the first people to download it just because of the schedule on work. I'm not saying I'm a, some kind of. I, I'm insane fan or anything. I, I'm over up overnight. So when the show drops, 
I'm listening to it. And most of the things to me that he says are interesting, but mundane. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like anything that anyone should really get mad over. And then it just reminds me of what, you know, what wrestling is. You know, like the wrestling yeah. wrestling fandom is so strong that you can be like, I like blue. What about yellow? Why do you hate yellow? Yellow is yellow's amazing. Yellow's way better than blue. I didn't even say anything about you, but you didn't say yellow's good, so you must hate it. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. That right there, that right there is just AEW WWE in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like oh uh, man, AEW's putting out such great shit. You didn't say anything about WWE. I'm like, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, this is. But do you like WWE? I'm like, sure. And it's like, well, why did you say anything about it? Because I don't care. It's like, well, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it is. It's just like, I don't know. I watch both. I like the Young Bucks and FTR. I know. I'm weird. Uh, you know, I like, you know, like generally when there's like a division in the middle, I'm somewhere in the middle. I want you to watch AEW because I think AEW needs your viewership more than WWE. WWE just sold for $9 billion. They don't need you. You know, yeah. the company that's been around for four years and is about to try to sign another TV deal, they need you. Yes. So you should be watching them because I want wrestlers to have as many different places to work as possible. It's yeah. that simple for me. We will move on now. I know we've dedicated a lot of time to this. We got to get into AEW Dynamite, which emanated from Milwaukee. Um Dirty cheese headed word motherfuckers. Anyways, uh <laughs> we opened up the show with a absolute banger of a match. Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland. Um, good to see him now. A little bit of backstory if you guys uh missed out on Rampage. Um Swerve had announced basically a merge with um um the embassy uh and the mogul. So his mogul is going to be merged with the embassy. So they're, they're instead now of mogul, instead of mogul enterprises, it's now the mobile mogul embassy. Correct. So got to get new merch. Go get new. There merch. you go. Yeah, there you go. So a little bit of a way to kind of give Swerve Strickland a little bit more of people that like on his side that you kind of know, like Brian Cage. Yeah. Uh, hoodies up. Side for this match. Yeah. There you go. No, no, I'm uh, I, I, I will tell anybody I am big into swerve i just think same he just brings something unique that other wrestlers don't bring and it and honestly when i first saw him like i think i first saw him and like like uh, i think it was like evolved several years ago and he came out to this r&b song i ain't get him i i'm gonna be honest i ain't get him and it's just like i've seen him evolve add more to his character stick out more and i'm like yeah, i dig it I dig it. I dig Swerve. Yeah. But anyways, his match with Darby Allen was absolutely insane. And again, this built off of Rampage where it looked like uh, Swerve was going to try to recruit Darby Allen. Uh, didn't work out. And then Brian Cage came out and beat the living shit out of him. Um, so these two guys, they did such unbelievable shit in this match. Fucking uh, Darby Allen with the f reverse Rana off of the apron onto the floor to sort of stricken was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. One of the craziest things I'd seen. Um, and they just sort of used his Darby's belt and beat the shit out of him with him. 
Um, they did some really, really good stuff in this match. Um, eventually, though, Brian Cage, uh, he came down. And uh, after Prince Nana was able to put Swerve's foot on the rope to keep him in the match, uh, when Darby then jumped back into the ring, uh, Dar- it looked like Brian Cage was going to screw over uh, Darby, but then ref- referee Bra- Aubrey Edwards ejected uh, Brian Cage and Prince Nana. That's when the Last Supper was hit by Darby on Swerve, and Darby got the win. And then MJF comes out afterwards. So before we get into these, I consider these two different segments. This opening match was stellar. It was honestly so fucking good. Um, these two did amazing. Um, I'm glad to see um, Swerve back and doing some stuff because he is genuinely really, really good. I wasn't a huge fan of who he had in the Mogul uh, in the Mogul Enterprises, but with the Embassy merger, looks like maybe now we might be able to get a little bit more. Um, and I'm all for Brian Cage uh, being included in that because Cage does bring a lot, I feel like, to offer. Um, so yeah, I'm, I thought this opening match was really, really good. I completely agree. Uh, Darby, I mean, Darby and Swerve just work super well together. And then the way they were like bouncing off each other, reversing each other's moves because they had this history together, uh, being extra violent. I, I, I like this evil side of Swerve. Uh, dude, he hit his finisher and then he had to roll off. And that slight delay gives Darby time to kick out. I just thought that was a beautiful detail in the match. Uh, and, you know, um, what was it? Uh, what was the one that changed it? Um, like when they got kicked out and then uh, Darby uh, got ready to hit his hit his move. And then he I don't think he, he didn't win with his finisher. He finished with that uh, Last Supper roll Yeah, that up. Last Supper, yeah. Yeah, and I love that. It's like one of the most creative roll-ups it was a great match. It's one of those matches where you l- lose, you lose, but nobody, it got Darby over, but nobody went under. That kind of thing is what I'm Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, that's that really worked perfectly. But then we get to the AW World Champion MJF, who has been running down every single person, every one of the pillars who wants to take his triple B from him. Um, and he was like, look, you're incredible. Um, but remember, headlock takeover. Remember that? You're not on the level of the devil, which was a great line. Um, and Darby then just responds with, are you happy, Max? It's like, are you happy? And I remember meeting you six years ago. We were wrestling on the indies in front of like 30 people. And you said, once you made it to national television, you'd be happy. You're here. Nothing's changed. You're world champion. Nothing's changed. And he talked about how when he got into AEW in his first year in AEW, he actually checked himself into therapy because he refused to be the guy who was happy on the outside but dying on the inside or what was perceived to be happy on the outside. Um, And he was like, yeah, got some cheering for uh, shouting out therapy. And he said with the money that I had from AEW, um, he wasn't – he stopped thinking me, 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 and started thinking about the people in his life that he cared about. So with the money that he made from AEW, he bought his parents a a house, helped his dad retire, and no, Sting is not his dad, just his best friend in this this company. He's like, look, this is just a 15-minute ride. I'm not going to lower my morals like you to be somebody in this world. You want to keep talking? Go ahead and keep talking. 
crowd was completely behind Darby. Like this was honestly, I will say, as we get further into this, Darby's best one of Darby's best promos he's cut. His his backstage segments where it's like super creepy and he does all the film noir kind of shit with like the skateboards and everything like that is cool and it sets him apart. But this was his best in ring promo because he does really really good in ring promos. But this was his best by far. And then MJF responds being like, "You're an arrogant little boy. You're not special because you don't think you don't have you don't think you have to go through what people have been going through for decades in this industry to make it to the top because morals kill careers in this sport." I said, you're a gutless coward because you don't have the balls to sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed. It's like, do you think you think I'm an idiot? You, do you think I don't realize that I'm probably going to die alone is what he said. And that I'm probably if there is an afterlife, I'm probably not going to hell. I mean, I'm probably not going to heaven. He's like, I could give a shit because I don't care as long as this belt comes with me. He said, that's the difference between me and you and the other two pillars is that I will do whatever it takes. And. I want to leave a legacy, and when I'm done with it, it'll be saying, MJF, greatest of all time. Yours will be Sting's bitch. And that's when Sting did come out. Shout out to the uh, part where he was like, you call me, I'm not much of a daycare guy like you call me like this daycare for Darby. It's like, you know, I'm more of a cheerleader, and he throws pom-poms in the face of fucking MJF. And then he's like, look, I promise to stop right now since it looks like I've offended you. If you stop with this Cody daycare stuff, oh, I said Cody, didn't I? And I was just like fucking dying. I'm like, oh my God, Sting is out, outlandishly good. And he's like, it hurts because you had a cheerleader and a support system in Cody. Darby has one in me and a young surfer Sting had one in Ric Flair. He also brought up all the iterations of Sting from the Crow Sting to the Wolfpack Sting, shouted out Kevin Nash and the late, great Scott Hall, and then also said, it's pretty clear I still got a little Joker left in me, which I was like, man, he's really going through in his whole career. He's like, look, I don't have a hunger for this world title, and I'll be honest, Showtime is almost over, but it's Showtime is just starting for Darby Allen, and he will be AEW World Heavyweight Champion, and he's like, this fake Darby then closes it out. This fake plastic world is not taking me alive. I'm leaving the next AEW world champion. And MJF spits in his face and jumps out of the ring. Um, like, I, I here's the deal. I love Jungle Boy. And Sammy Guevara is dope. I want Darby to win so fucking bad. I, like, if I was to choose one of the three, like, pillars that were going up against MJF, because regardless, MJF's retaining in this situation... But if I was to choose one of the three pillars I want to win, it's Darby all the fucking way. This shit is just so good. And him and Max just work really well together. It's just such a perfect bully dynamic that he works so well against Darby. And you just root for Darby because he just like stares you down in the face and is just like, fuck you. Like, you're not going to take me down. You're not going to push me around. I will stand up to you. Um it's such this is like such good shit um and the way they told this whole deal was such good um build towards this pillars four four way um and yeah i just again i'm all for of darby and, and mjf like they could feud multiple times a year and i'd be completely fine with it because they just work so well together yeah i i came out of this promo as much as i love sammy and jungle boy right I came out of this program and wanted it to be Dave Darby versus MJF straight up at yeah. at the next pay-per-view. 
maybe you do another match with Sammy and Jungle Boy, and the winner of that match gets the next title shot afterwards. So you have like almost like a double main event featuring the pillars. But yeah, I I mean Darby, I I I was clear that he was going to be one of the people that I followed. He was going to be my guy after uh, Cody left. Don't get me wrong. I was like, man, Darby, right? But that promo last night impressed me on such a level that I didn't think he would ever reach. I truly never thought he would reach that level. He he carried the mic. Now, if you told me, hey, you're going to give Darby the mic for like three to five minutes and let him talk, I'm like, ah, that's not really his strong suit. He killed it and, threw, and, and, and to me told one of the best 2023 babyface promos you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Mental health, all these things that are hot topics now. He addressed it. He's like, dude, you can do anything you can to be this successful, but I'm not. I am going to make sure I am happy and take care of myself. And when I accomplished my goal, it's going to be as me, not as anyone else. And I'm like, if I was like on a 2023 level, you're talking about a modern audience modern people that are listening people your age it was kind of a perfect promo right Mm -hmm. like for me it was like oh my god i was just like to see who that he was addressing what he addressed it's it's not something that would have flown 20 years ago i don't don't think that was something that would have flown 10 years ago it it was the perfect promo for this time I came away, blew away. He hung with Max on a different level because he didn't go out and try to make fun of him. He went out and talked himself up like a good baby face does. Sting came out and buried <laughs> buried MJF with the Cody daycare thing, which is amazing. Shout out to, you know, shout out to Cody Rhodes because, I mean, honestly, MJF's first big, big win in AEW was against Cody at Revolution. So, yes, this has been a beautiful Beautiful thing. I love it. I love this segment. I just thought it was amazing. Like, perfect segment. Especially when you're trying to build new stars. Like, MJF is the champion, right? And Darby is the champion. MJF is not a made man yet. He is not on that Jericho CM Punk level. It takes years to get on that level. Is he on the way to there? Absolutely. And segments like this is what's going to get him to that level. Yeah, and I think he's on his way for sure. And like I said, I'm all for the pillars four way because I mean, like, it just seems it just seems right to have those guys fight for the world title. Um, but yeah, after this promo, you're like, man, those two in a singles match for the title because we've seen them wrestle each other in a singles match on pay per view before in AEW, and it was amazing and it was great. But for the title, oh shit! So keep that in your back pocket for sure, especially. If Darby, Darby shouldn't get pinned, first of all, it would be Sammy, I would hope, that would get pinned. No disrespect. Um, but keep that in your back pocket because that could be absolutely a match that you do either on television if you wanted to or, hell, if you wanted to do it uh, for uh, a pay-per-view because you could absolutely do it because people would buy into it for sure. Um, we then moved on to an open challenge for the TNT Championship, Powerhouse Hobbs with uh, QT Marshall. Um, faced off against uh, the last real man, Silas Young. It was always nice to see him. He died uh, in this match really quickly. Um, but I will say it was nice to see Silas as somebody who's seen him wrestle before. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, not not a fan perspective. 
This is like, you know, going into a little bit of a prediction. Yeah, that first segment went over. It did. Because Silas is from Milwaukee. They don't squash people from their city. Yeah, no, it was very clear that that segment (laughs) and that match went over. Yeah, so they just said, okay, uh, this this, this got cut. And because they were doing a lot of storyline telling the night, and this was another good one. Yeah, so Hans got the win on Silas. Um, but then, as they're about to pull Silas to the back, Wardlow appears on screen. Wardlow sees Powerhouse Hobbs' uh, car outside and decides, we're going to do something that I know a lot of the old uh, hardcore wrestling fans are going to love, especially the Attitude Era people. We're going to me- wreck this dude's car. And, like, fucking he just goes and takes a takes a pipe and smashes it, and then he takes uh, uh, fucking the little, like... Uh, like I guess I can't think the ro- like the rope thing that holds the rope for like velvet rope and all that kind of stuff, and he takes that thing and smashes it into the windshield. Then he go ahead and finds a forklift, smashes it through the window, and then flips the car completely over. As um, Hobbs is like, you know what? Fine, you know what? Uh, Wardlow, you can see this. I'm a powerbomb symphony Silas through a table. Wardlow's music hits, and then they start fighting. And then they're separated by the uh, AEW locker room. Aaron Solo at some point though former friend of QT, uh, he gets it the worst as he gets powerbombed almost through two tables. He missed, unfortunately, so like that was a tough little smack to the back of the head on that table. But he gets slammed through the tables on the outside um, for this match. Um, and yeah, this segment, I think, would have probably been better if you know they, it wasn't suffering from what happened prior because it was very clear that there was supposed to be more here because, yeah, I was like, man, they gave Silas a short match, and I'm like, I don't think that was originally in the plans. I don't think that was in the cards. Yeah, um, I love this Warlow QTV. I love this segment with Warlow. I mean, of course, they broke into his car. The perfect revenge is breaking Will Hobbs' car. I mean, I mean that's just poetic and how he did it. And then he took the tractor and he forgot to put it in park and it just kept going. That was another cool visual. Oh yeah, he was just like didn't let him run into it. <laughs> yeah, and then I, but I loved I loved Tom's car. Don't get me wrong. And then they come back and yeah, and he's like, okay, well Aaron Solo is the one that um is the one that uh broke into the uh, Hobbs I mean uh Warlow's car. So you put him through the table. That way you write him off network next week. Now I personally I don't know who's gonna win. I'd personally like to see Warlow attack QT before it. So it's just Warlow and uh Hobbs in uh Warlow and the Hobbs in the match. But Dad, I, I'm loving this team up for Hobbs. It's perfect. There's like it's a team Hobbs against just Warlow by himself. And yeah, I hope we get a. I mean, they're going to be in the ring next week, so I'm really ready to see them have a wrestling match because I think there's a wrestling match missing. I don't think we've had a wrestling match. There was a three way, and then there was a, a like a street fight. I think we've been missing the Wardlow and Big Hob Big Man slapping meat wrestling match fight, and that's what I'm ready for next week. Yeah. We then had a uh, AEW International Championship match between the hardest working champion. It seems like on the on the on the company, uh, Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy against the House of Blacks, Buddy Matthews. The strikes, just the fucking strikes in this entire match were just every 
shot. Every blow that was given was just vicious. These two were laying haymakers on each other. Um, hang like tornado DDTs, like ridiculously, like like just slamming Buddy Matthews' head into the ground repeatedly. Um, just again, the way that when these guys made contact with each other, it just it just felt like it was a fucking like shotgun blast to the chest. Um, and yeah, just such great stuff. The work that, uh, buddy did like really working on Darby's hand and then like stomping on it and standing on it and all this type of stuff. Orange Cassidy, uh, went for the orange punch, but, um, buddy Matthews then tried to want him to hit him. was like, hit me again with it. And that's when he blocked it. Um, he hit the curb stomp, wasn't able to get the pin, but then there was a mousetrap pin that, uh, orange Cassidy used. And that was what he used to retain the title. Um, and this match also was really good. I don't know necessarily if it was better than the opening match with Darby and Swerve, but it was damn good too. I cannot give Orange Cassidy enough props for what he's done with the inter- international title because the matches that he's having with that belt are ridiculous, and he's facing good people too. That like people would be like, you know, yeah, it'd be cool to see Buddy Matthews hold that title. Yeah, it'd be cool if like you know. Uh, all the other people that they wrestle, like it's just that belt has just become such. It's so clear that's their workhorse belt, and they've done an amazing job of making it feel like that already. And Orange Cassidy has been a great champion as that uh, workhorse uh, guy because he's just every week, you know, face me for this title. I will beat the shit out of you, even though I, I don't care. Yeah, he's making the title. He is making this title mean something. He's kind of giving it the run that uh, Cody gave the the TNT title originally. And I know Orange is not the first champion, uh, but he's giving it. He's making this international title, which I think is such a better name than All Atlantic title. Uh, international title. Uh, he's making it uh, mean something, and it matter. Uh, Buddy Matthews. Don't. I mean, people forget how good he is. He. I mean. When two oh when he was two oh five live champion in WWE and literally killing it every way, literally putting on a banger at match every week, every week he would be like, because I was watching two oh five live, and it'd be like, man, he's so good, and it's just like so. Last night you got to see that from him. I really loved Doug Orange Cassidy selling of the hand, and like when he hit the orange punch there that first time he did it with his forearm, and I love the idea that. He wants to win so bad, he's still going to use the punch, even though it hurts him just as much as it uh, hurts the opponent. I, I'm loving the storytelling that's going along with Orange Cassidy right now. And, yeah, I thought Buddy Matthews was a great opponent. I think this was, of course, building to OC versus uh, Malachi, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. Moving on, though, there was a quick vignette of Luchasaurus and Christian Cage just kind of appearing real quick and saying some things have changed. Um, then afterwards, Orange Cassidy and Best Friends had a medical update where they then had Best Friends challenging Aussie Open to a match on Rampage. Uh, and then we move off from that, and we had Ethan Page in the ring with a microphone basically being like, look, Ethan Page in the firm, we've had a rough patch, but I need to know why Matt Hardy hit me in the head with a title, and I need to know what he put in that contract, what that moron put in, my, in the contract, because he still works for me. And Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy come up, and he said, you treated myself in private party like trash, so I worked you into signing that contract. And it said if Hook beat you, Matt Hardy and private party were no longer under the dominion of the firm, so I get to choose our next match. 
And when we win, we are no longer under contract with Stokely and the firm. That's when Big Bill and so, Lee Moriarty have the... Oh, I, go I got a question. Uh, yes. This was very confusing. Because he said they weren't under we're contract. No under the, the, yeah, we're no longer under the dominion of the firm. But if we win, then we're no longer under contract. It's like, well, wait. What? Under, yeah, like, Isn't it the same thing? Wouldn't you want to be like, you know what? Our first thing that we want to do... It's so much easier to just be like, you know... The first thing we want to do now that we're not signed to you is beat the shit out of you. So like, that's I, all you I, had to say. You know, you know how much this segment confused me. I watched it and then I rewound it and watched it again to maybe think I misunderstood something. And it was like he literally said, "We're not under contract anymore, and now we're going to wrestle to not be under contract anymore." Yes. Again, it made it was so worded so badly. I, I need somebody. I need somebody smarter than me to explain this storyline because it was not explained well. No. He's <laughs> like, it's like Whoa. so what was the hook win for? Was the hook the win for a chance for them to get out of contract or whatever? I like, yeah. Again, I, you solve all of it by just being mm-hmm. like, you know, hook one, so we're no longer under contract with you. And the first thing we would like to do now of our own free will is beat you in a match. That's yes. all you needed to say. Yes, okay, because I was confuzzled, and I thought, I was like, man, maybe everyone is just smarter than me, because I did not understand what happened. Okay, so then immediately afterwards, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty of the firm jumped Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. Hook's music then hit as he came out and tried to take them down, but the numbers were still too much as the firm was getting it over on them. Then... Hardy's music plays again, but with the purple Titantron in the background, Jeff Hardy comes down with a custom chair with his face paint and all that kind of stuff and starts beating the shit out of all the firm. He's back. Jeff's back. Um, The crowd went nuts when he showed up, when he showed up and they cleaned house. And then it even the playing field, him and Matt Hardy embraced in the middle of the ring. Jeff is back. After um, his time away and his time back in rehab. Um, and I'm just, he looks good. I'm hoping he's feeling better. And I'd assume that he's feeling better. I've heard reports, though, that he's not fully cleared because of an eye surgery that he needs or something like that. Um, I can neither confirm or deny that. I have just said, I've seen that. I don't know necessarily the truth of that. But regardless, it's just good to see him. Like, like Jeff is... I got a special place in my heart for Jeff. One of my first feuds, it's ironic if I tie this back to CM Punk, one of the first feuds I saw CM Punk in was him and Jeff Hardy, which is still a top-tier WWE feud. Like, seriously. Those two did such good stuff with that feud. Um, And Jeff just, like, I want him to be, like, in a good place. And I hope that, you know, him and Matt can really do, like, their run that they can send things off on and then i would be good if jeff just calls it when he on his time and on a moment that he can feel like is a good time to call it because i love jeff i don't want him to get hurt and i want him to be happy and not having to deal with spiraling downwards and all that kind of stuff i don't know him but it's just like you know he just seems like a good dude but i'm very happy to see him i'm glad to see that he's doing good and just seeing the way that that crowd comes alive for him it makes me feel happy genuinely yeah, uh, very happy for uh, all of you Jeff Hardy fans out there. I'm like, 
I'm one of those things, something cannot be for me, and I'm fine. But Matt Hardy has been floating in this, I wouldn't call it terrible, but very low-tier storyline that no one cared about. And Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy immediately makes them someone people care about, which is good. And they can get together and lose to FTR, which makes me happy. You know, we both took it back to our favorites. You see how we did that? that that's how we do it. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, No, but no, like Hardy Party. I, I, I don't know where Mark Quinn is. I don't know if he's hurt. I'm actually going to try to do some searching and find out. But I've been waiting on Private Party to be a thing again. And then I'm waiting on the Hardy. So if they can get out of this thing with the firm and maybe just do like a battle with the firm or whatever. Because, you know, I actually liked the firm when it was first put together. And then it was just like they didn't know what to do, you know, it was like, what, you know, shit happened, and they didn't have anything to do, so I am looking forward to them kind of figuring this out, let's go, and, uh, yeah, get figuring this out, and we can get a good battle with the Hardys going on, because, like I yeah. said, I mean, the Jeff Hardy pops the thing, I mean, the dude can go away, come back, he he's gonna get a massive explosion of a pop, because that's just who he is. Yeah. We then had a message from Kenny Omega, and he said that, you know what? We promise that this problem that uh, BCC has with us is going to be taken care of in the ring. But when you hurt Don Callis and you left him in a pool in his own blood, of his own blood, it's like, I take that personally. And like, look, he's not the most likable guy, but he's still family to me. And when you mess with someone's family, that's when you cross a line. He said, it's going to be blood for blood because. It's not going to be blood for blood because that'd just be music to your ears. It's going to be so much worse. Though he did say that he wasn't at the arena and he said he was not there uh, in Milwaukee. He was back home, basically. Um, which then led into uh, BCC's uh, Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley versus the poor bastards, Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. They mugged these two. Um, breaking Brandon Cutler's mask and having him bleed all over was just an incredible image. I know Cutler has shown images of like his mask uh, covered in blood and, and cracked, and it looks like honestly, it's a it's a fucking dope image. Um, and they just again beat the shit out of him. There was they broke up each other's pins on multiple occasions, and Moxley um, was took a couple shots from Cutler though as he was trying to fight his way back in there but then uh he then the my funny thing though is like when when moxley was biting on a knock on a brandon cutler i'm like biting his face i'm like dude he has a mask like this is literally stopping you from biting like what the hell are you doing like the biting is not gonna make this shit better like i promise you that but eventually though they just keep beating the shit out of nakazawa and uh brandon cutler until uh the ref just straight up stops the match and then Moxley screaming, where's the Young Bucks? Where's that cowboy? Where's Don Callis? Oh, they're not here because they're still at the hospital. They have glass jaws, fragile fragile body, fragile ego, weak mind, weak spirit. Basically, almost the exact same thing he said about Punk. Um, and he said, that's not the elite. We put the elite in all elite wrestling. Kenny Omega's music hits, and he's like, he's not supposed to be here. And he comes out. Um, looking sexier than a mug with his jeans and his shirt off with fucking ripped like a fucking beast. And then while they're turned around, all of a sudden the Young Bucks show up and they super kick uh, the BCC. They they then hit John Moxley with the BTE trigger. Um, they throw a gear case in the ring and he was going to use that Omega on uh, John Moxley. But then Matt Jackson hands him a screwdriver 
and Moxley is begging for it as it looks like he's going to use the screwdriver BCC pull him out of the ring, specifically Claudio, and he stabs, uh, Kenny stabs the uh, screwdriver into the turnbuckle, which I, which to me I love, especially because in their, uh, uh, in their uh, first ever Lights Out match at Full Gear 2019, that was what Moxley tried to do to Kenny Omega. So I was just like, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. I like that a lot. Like, I thought that was a really cool thing that they decided to use again. Um, so, uh, yeah, poor, poor Nakazawa and Cutler, but it was good to see uh, the BCC and the Elite keep feuding because this is a really, really dope feud. So how would you feel about Blood and Guts in Detroit? I would love it. Make it happen. I'm all for Blood and Guts being uh, home in Detroit. I want that, you know? Because uh, I mean, you got, what, three more before Detroit? One... <laughs> Uh, one, two, yeah, three more before Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's, it's absolutely possible. Yeah, and I mean, it's a perfect build right there. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. If that happens, hopefully it does happen in Detroit, so you can see it. I mean, if it does not happen in Detroit, I'm just saying, if it does not happen in Detroit, the next week it's in Austin, Texas. I'm aware. And you know, who's, yeah, yeah, we're gonna be at back to back dynamites me and uh austin so uh, like if he if you don't get it which i am firmly rooting for you to get it you know i wouldn't wow. mind if i did get it you know that kind of thing so oh i feel you hey uh, no no uh but yeah no this was hot and the crowd was into it and the young bucks are back and kenny are back and you know it's called all elite wrestling so it's, you know it's kind of pretty obvious who you should feature in all elite wrestling Yes. <laughs> so no for sure <laughs> no so um hey, yeah so the elite versus vcc it's gonna be pretty amazing so let's go let's get to it i'm ready let's to see get some to it fighting like, yeah yeah let these two go at it at blood and guts right, dude, dude, i'm all for it dude so i feel like we should get kenny omega and brian danielson at uh double or nothing that would be such a good match and i'd love it and i'd love because they've already shown how good they can be and they had that time limit draw at a Grand yes. Slam, so there like, must let's do be it. a winner. There yes, must let's do be it. A winner, yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Start, start doubling nothing off. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Oh my let's god! Go. Oh let's my go. god! Yeah. Um, we then had Riho and Sky Blue. Recently, all elite Sky Blue. I will say, shout out to her being signed. Um, and facing off against the Outcasts, uh, Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. Um, quite honestly, though, like you know, this kind of just. I feel bad saying this because I like everyone involved. This this is getting stagnant already, and I, I'm not. It doesn't it doesn't make me feel good about it, but it's starting to get stagnant already. It's like it's, the outcast beat up people. Uh, Soraya spray paints you. Jamie Hader chases you off, um, and even Britt Baker came out and then started cleaning house and uh, beating up on them on the outside. Um, yeah, but this shit's already getting stagnant. It just seems like such a last. Like this is this it's it feels so clear to me that this is like the last thing y'all book like this is the last thing on your guys's mind and then you come up with it and it's like oh yeah this will work and all that kind of stuff and it just it just seems like it's like not even in the front forward of your guys's plans and all that kind of stuff it's just clear to see just like um, just like you give darby the mic and let him talk and not know what it's going to do for ratings you're gonna have to give these women something and let them sink or swim because yes this same old shit every week 
it's not getting anybody over. It's not getting this feud over. It's not making people care. I mean, next week, oh, it's going to be hot because Britt's in Pittsburgh and Britt's over in Pittsburgh. But it's not going to be because of the work you've done. Because no. this is boring. It's boring right now. It's flat it's, out boring. Yeah, it just and, and it, it, this no, is it not, doesn't go anywhere. It is not speaking to any of the people involved. The gimmick, the storyline is boring. Fix it. Yeah. Okay. No, it's just again like I, I, I like I said I I don't mind the Outcast as a group. I think it's a good group and all that kind of stuff. My biggest problem with it is just again it's like we're not getting any developments of it, and like the only time we see these three talk for the most part is backstage, like in with uh, backstage interviews. Like put them in front of a crowd, like. I know Soraya has talked already before about how she regrets how like the, some of the things she said in her first promo, like about, you know, the line about how she's glad she has a boss who listens to her, like how she regrets that and all that kind of stuff. It's like, OK, like I know Soraya can cut a promo. I know she's good at that kind of stuff. And like you want to put people's minds out of like, you know, that kind of stuff. Cut good heel promos against these people. Like, let's start actually doing story shit instead of just, you know. The outcasts beat up on people that are AEW originals for the most part, and then they spray paint, and then they get chased off by Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker and all those guys and Riho. Like you now, that's just I don't know, man. It's just I just don't. They got you. Got to do something here. I did. Dig, I did. Dig, I did dig the shield triple powerbomb. That was oh, absolutely. Cool. That was dope. Yeah, and I, that was absolutely dope. Yeah, I gotta um, talk. As I say, I do gotta say something positive. I dug that. Sure. And like I said, building up a match with Britt in Pittsburgh is, you know, I mean, you gotta do it. I mean, it's Britt in Pittsburgh. She needs to be in a feature spot in Pittsburgh every time you go to Pittsburgh. So yes. now I'm looking forward. Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to see what happens, but. It's um, I want to see some. I wanted to evolve next week. Something has Same. to happen next week to me. Absolutely. Before we I then, lose, before people completely just like check out on this. No, I think literally, it, yeah, you got to make a jump on this right now. Yeah. But main event time, we have Chris Jericho with Daniel Garcia at ringside facing off against Limitless Keith Lee. I gotta say, first off, I'm very happy to see Keith Lee in the main event of a Dynamite in in singles competition, no less. Um. Because I love Keith Lee. I love Keith Lee. And I'm glad to see him in the main event. I, um, I don't like Gandalf the Grey. No, I don't. I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah, no, no one likes the gray hair. No one likes the gray beard. I'm aware. Dude, Keith Lee. Keith. 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 I, you don't listen to this show. I don't, I don't expect you to. But I just want to say this. As a man that has always loved you because you represent the big men, the people that you look unique in this world, you know, uh, and you're just, you know, phenomenal at this thing called wrestling. I mean, it's cosmetic business, brother. <laughs> it's cosmetic business. And, uh, yeah, you look like, you know, I mean, you look like, I don't even know. It's like, it's look like you're playing a character, but you don't know what character you're playing. And it's like, if he came out and was in all silver and he's like, I'm a wizard. I would that would be more effective than just being a gray haired wrestler. I'm like, is there a gray haired wrestler that's over right now? I mean, like, is there anywhere? It's just like most people go through to dye their hair black, dye their hair, you know, like different colors and stuff. It's just like, you're like, oh, I'm going silver. I'm trying to teach people a lesson. I'm trying to show that, you know, gray is an age. It's no one, I don't. 
do that on your own fucking time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a show. You're trying to sell tickets. You're trying to build a brand. I want you to, you or Swerve, to be the first black AEW world champion. Make it happen. It's This great shit ain't the way to get there. Yeah. All right. Well, moving <laughs> on for that, though. Um, this match was a really, really good match. Jericho did a lot of good stuff to help uh, that showed just how good Keith Lee is, too. Um, I loved the spot where uh, he hit the moonsault. Well, he was going to hit the moonsault uh, onto Jericho. Jericho gets the knees up, but still Jericho gets the worst of it because it's fucking Keith Lee flipping on top of you. Like, I don't care if your knees are up. You're going to get the worst of it because Keith Lee gets up fine on it and Jericho's holding his knees. I thought that spot was awesome, honestly, Um, because it was a good counter, but still it's not going to do anything against Keith Lee, which I thought was dope. Um, Jericho. Jericho got tossed across the ring by Keith Lee. Um, he pounced him pretty much. Um, and then, though, wow, uh, he's looking like he's going to spirit bomb. Uh, he severe bombs uh, Jericho. Uh, Garcia then distracts the referee. And then that's when Swerve Strickland then shows up with a different colored mask, I will say, at the time. So people were like, what the fuck? And it was like, oh, it is Swerve. Um, and then Jericho, after uh, Swerve knocked out Keith Lee with some sort of foreign object, Jericho was able to get the pin and uh, get the win over Keith Lee. But after that, after Swerve Strickland kind of slithers back into the shadows, Adam Cole comes down, checks up on him, and is talking to him, basically. And, like, the great shot of the night was when uh, Adam Cole was, like, kind of, like, kind of slowly looked like he was going to look over his shoulder and then stopped and then just, like, kept walking forward with Adam Cole, not even looking at Jericho. Um I'm interested in exactly what that means. It kind of leaves you in a little bit more of like, where does this go? Like, as opposed to like, you know, you know, like, wow, we just ended dynamite like that. It was a little bit more of us, like not a typical ending of a dynamite that we normally get. I will say. Um, but if this means we can finally get Keith Lee and Swerve's solo feud that we really never got, um, I'm all for it because I think those two together would do great shit. Um, and it would also give Keith Lee such an opportunity to like show the AEW fans like this dude on the mic is outstanding and kind of help him find his character in AEW too because he's just been you know cool Keith Lee that we like but I think finding his voice and in, in character like work that he wants to go with in AEW is going to help him tremendously I feel like and then um, if it means Adam Cole and Keith Lee versus us, uh, Jericho and uh, Daniel Garcia, most likely is what we'll probably get tag-wise in Pittsburgh, I bet. Um, that should be a good match as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for um, this because you left with the two feuds. Like, you had two the two major feuds that they're lining up. You know, Cole versus Jericho, and then you got Keith Lee versus Swerve, which, you know, Keith Lee versus Swerve is going to be amazing. I hope they set it up. You give it a main event, give it time, give it that main event, 20, 30 minutes to do what they do. Uh, Jericho and Adam Cole, it's going to be great. And I, I, you know, I feel like Jericho is like, it's, it's not going to be double or nothing with Jericho and Chris, uh, and Cole unless, cause I think they're going to set up for the one again, it's coming up soon. Right. And they're going to mm-hmm. have to do the Owen. So, Maybe they do it where both Jericho and Cole are in the Owen, and that ends up being the finals of the Owen. Or otherwise, this is just to get Adam Cole to the Owen. Yeah. But 
that's going to do it, though, for this episode of, I mean, this, uh, this, that's our coverage of this episode of Dynamite. My apologies. Um, real quick, though, as we look towards uh, AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belts in uh, Providence, we are going to get... Uh, uh, hold on a second. That's, that's okay. wrong. Sorry. It's still in Milwaukee. I was going to say, yeah, no, it's just, it's still in Milwaukee. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's It's just Rampage, not not Battle of the Belts. Yeah, it's a Rampage, Milwaukee preview. I was just. And also, Battle of the Belts. That's what happens when you copy and paste notes from last week. You have errors. exactly. (laughs) But, but. Battle of the Belts continues to be what it is. You know, nobody you're 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 getting your title matches so that you can build up your defenses, but it's just kind of there, I will say. Like that's just all it is at this point. I mean, it happened and there was a uh the tag match was really good. Yes. No, that's for sure. You know, like the tag match was really good, but again, if you were a person if you just like the fighting part of wrestling and don't care about the results, Battle of the Belts amazing. But the result right. is, you know, yeah, Lucha every, Bros and QT yeah, and Powerhouse. Yeah, high, really yeah, yeah, they put on a really great match. And if you like, just like the wrestling side of wrestling, the performance side, it was amazing. It was just, there was like, there's not really, I don't think an interesting story. It's just because you don't, you know, who's going to win the match. Right. There you go. But for AW Rampage in Milwaukee, we're going to hear from. Daddy, Daddy, and Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. Uh, we're gonna hear from FTR, so we get to hear FTR after they won the AEW Tag Team Titles. Um, Aussie Open and Best Friends will be facing off for the New Japan for the uh, New Japan Pro. Is it uh, heavyweight titles? Uh, tag, tag Team, team titles? titles. Yes, yeah. we, uh, they won it from Goto and uh, uh, Yoshihashi. Uh, last right. weekend. Okay, uh, this is for the yeah for the heavyweight tag team titles of New it, Japan. Correct. Uh, Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal, uh, Jeff Jarrett, and and uh, Satnam Singh will be all in action. Um, the Hardys will be talking. Um, we're also going to get Taya Valkyrie versus Emi Sakura, and then Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Sean Spears. So got some stuff to look forward Tin to. Tin guy, chair guy is back. Chair my, guy, my yeah. best, my best buddy. I got to meet him. Twice. You better have his long, luscious hair. Oh, dude, it was so funny. He's like, man, it's just an app. He's like, really? People thought I grew out my hair that quick? <laughs> He's like, I was just I on TV. Damn, dude. I want, He's like, like, I was just on TV with no hair. <laughs> like, I don't give a damn, dude. You better show up with on, your Jeff. long, luscious hair. I don't care how you make it happen, but make it happen. So, that's all I'm saying right now. Just make it happen. Um... But yeah, you got a lot of stuff to look forward to, I feel like, for Rampage, uh, for um, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was um, everything we got for Rampage. For Pittsburgh uh, next week, we do have a couple matches that were announced. Actually, Floyd, do you want to give us those? Yes, I'm uh, here. Yeah, I'm here with you. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, the news. Are you, are you, these are the matches from next week. Yeah, for, uh, for yeah, Dynamite. All we got is Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soho and uh, Tony Storm so far, and Wardlow versus Hobbs rematch. So I'm looking for some big man slapping meat and Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so pretty much no news of the week or any other headlines we're going to say is going to top you know the CM Punk rumors and all that kind of stuff. So there's nothing that we can really do about that. But um, regardless, like I will, I will, I will, I will plead like. If 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 I if I buy tickets to Chicago and I go there and you don't do this, like I'm going to quit. 
like I'm telling you, I can't do this. So do not, do not put me through this. Do not make me suffer through this. If you, if I buy tickets to Wintrust and try to go there, and then I also willingly also get ready to go to Toronto for Forbidden Door 2, which I would want to go to regardless, I will say that. So like if he doesn't be, if he's not there, I don't care, honestly, because I would love to be at Forbidden Door 2, mostly because I'm praying to God that I get Koto Ibushi because I want him like so fucking bird. Um, but if he if he's not in Chicago, I'm gonna be so pissed. Like if I go there, if he's not there and I just watched on TV, you know what? I'll I'll be whatever. But if I go there, and I take the time out of my day and I get the time off and I drive to Chicago and I go to try to see that and, he, and Punk's not there, I'm a fucking riot. You not get, really. You get White Castles with your boy. You you gotta you gotta think of the alternative. You get to see me, which is. You know, Absolutely. amazing. We only we only get to see each other a couple times a year, so we got to stick positive to that. And second of all, I'm gonna see I, you in it, Vegas. It, it's one of those things that I do. I think Tony Khan is smart enough that if he hears all the speculation and it's not gonna happen, he's going to make it clear that it's not happening. You know what I mean? Just like he right. might not say, you know, like I I hear what everybody's saying. Yeah, we've had no talks with CM Punk. It'll leak out a week or two of Vegas. So people aren't just like CM Punk the whole time chanting at the show and like literally hijack the show. Because I truly think if it, it, it was like the first dance, like I had heard rumors that, you know, they might have waited to the main event with CM Punk, but they knew there was no reason, you know, that the sh- people were there for CM Punk. And, you know, in Wintrust, I do believe there's some people there are just going to see a good episode of Dynamite and a good episode of Rampage. I do think there are people out there. But I do think there's a lot of people like me and you and Tyler that really weren't going to go to this show. But then it was like, oh, so CM Punk's going to be there. So we're getting in. Because when I love when people say he's not a draw. And I'm like... Oh, shit. I'm just like... Like, I mean... You don't understand. I mean, I, I, I mean, you don't understand the first dance. I was literally going. I had already bought tickets to All Out. I was going to All Out. I had plans with my friends. I then stopped everything, bought tickets, and flew to Chicago to be there for that rampage. A rampage. A rampage. Yeah. Not not a dynamite. The second episode of Rampage, not the first episode of Rampage, which, oh, yeah, it might be special. Floyd's trying to be there for the first episode. The second episode of Rampage sold out. No car, no real matches announced because we were there to see CM Punk. And I think something similar can happen in Wintrust. I just know there has been this groundswell of people that know that go to shows that literally is like if you look at the schedule forbidden door is the next week so if anybody was traveling they were traveling to forbidden door they're not traveling to chicago and people are changing their plans to be there on june 21st to watch phil brooks to watch CM punk come back home to Mm -hmm. AEW because AEW is his new home maybe he apologizes i don't know what he's gonna say in the ring maybe he's gonna say but all i want to hear is i'd rather him just come in the ring Stand up, take the mic, say, I'm back, and then leave. And then come jump in the crowd again. Well, don't jump in the crowd. Yeah, don't. don't I don't need don't you jump putting in, your foot on the don't, railing. Uh, yes. 
Don't jump in the crowd. Come up to each people, hug us, shake our hands, all that kind of stuff. Very calmly. Yes. Yeah, like very calmly. Security Sam. Security Sam. Yes. I, I have Keep your an eye on him, hey, please. Have your taser, Security Sam. I I understand this is extreme, but if he looks like he's about to jump, just go ahead and shock him a little bit to calm him down. Now, I'm not, don't give him the full voltage. Don't have him convulsing, but just a little bit to let him know, like a, like a, almost like a dog collar, like calm yeah. down. We need you healthy. We need you exactly. to actually, you know, be able to perform. Now, I am so stupid excited. It's just like I said, was kind of in a rut with wrestling. It's like I was watching it. It was all there. Happy FTR one, all that stuff. But I was just like. London happened. London gets announced last week. That was a shot to the veins. And now this, oh my God, this this is this is like straight meth and it is some straight meth cocaine uh, Adderall uh, combination. Like my heart is going a hundred miles an hour. You cannot hear the excitement. I if you asked me after they announced this to go take a nap, I wouldn't have been able to because that's how pumped up I am. It's, it's like it feels like wrestling is coming back because AEW is amazing. It is amazing girl with CM Punk involved. Facts. Facts. But um unless I don't like I said, I don't believe we have any other headlines we don't have or anything, anything like else. that. We yeah. could talk another hour about CM Punk, but we I imagine <laughs> people don't want to hear that. We will uh, lose our audience so fast if we continue uh, to do that. We, but, we're um, going to have to change the show to the uh, CMFTR radio. Uh, that'll happen <laughs> if they come, if they if they team up and we get uh, them versus the elite. That will be what this show becomes. We'll shit on. We will shit on the Unbucks. We will shit on Kenny Omega. We will just fucking sit on top of our pile and shit on everything yes. and just be like CM Punk FTR greatest things to ever happen to wrestling. So. Yes, yes, exactly. And, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, Wembley, like, do what you can to make that happen. You got somewhere to stay. You know that. If we go, we'll, yeah. we, will, we will dude it up and have, like, I'm going to fucking, like, literally call my buds at Cult of Hawk and be like, yo, can I crash at Newcastle and just go with y'all? Yes, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, thank everyone for listening. You know, yeah, as always. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, guys, continue to support this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us on Spotify, whatnot. Easiest way for you guys to support us is sharing us and giving us a rating and a review. All that stuff helps out so much. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex, make this show possible. Um, and you can check out all the other shows they have on their network. Myself, I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. I could kind of see that he was starting to do it, but I want to be able to set my man up to hit one out of the park so he can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Okay, I want to leave you with some uh, a beautiful thing that I, I do every now and then. I told you so. 100% that CM Punk was coming back. Me, you heard it here. Everybody else is telling you how I don't know how it's going to work. Blah, blah, blah. I said, you know what? Punk draws, and this is wrestling, and wrestling is crazy. He's coming back. And he is. And I, that is that just has made my day. As, as happy, as sad as I was that Cody lost, as happy as I am that CM Punk is coming back. Victory laps all around. Pepsi's in the air. 
because CMFTR, Pepsi's in tequila. One drinks Pepsi, one drinks tequila. We're going to do that. You know, Pepsi's in tequila <laughs> in June in Chicago. I'm looking forward to it, but thank y'all all for listening. Be nice to everybody. Love everybody. There are people out there struggling. If you can be there, if it's a text or a nice message, is the difference between a, a bad day and a good day. Be the person that sends that message. And with that, I will leave you how I always leave you. Whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be a lake.